Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. In this session, we begin a brand new chapter and maybe a little lighter than what chapter 9 was. I know I spent a lot of time on chapter 9. Uh, I hope that some of the thoughts that I uh, related to you was uh, beneficial. And uh, I know there's uh, still unanswered questions in regards to, excuse me, the uh, sovereignty of God and and the uh, free will of man or divine election and human responsibility and uh, we'll not get all the full answers till we get to heaven but the apostle paul loves his uh, people israel he's an israelite himself the tribe of benjamin and uh, he you know he said uh, before that uh, he says the truth in christ i lie not uh, he has great heaviness he would wish himself accursed uh, from God, if just Israel would understand that God loves them, that he sent them their Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. But they didn't. And so when he uh, talks about this in chapter 9, he deals with the God side, God's sovereignty. Uh, when we get to chapter 10, he's going to deal with the human side, uh, in particular Israel's uh, responsibility uh, to to receive their Messiah, Jesus Christ, as their Savior. Let's get right into it in chapter 10, verse 1. The Apostle Paul writes, Brethren, so we know he's speaking to fellow Israelites, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved. Paul is praying for their salvation. Uh, you know, uh, they have rejected God down through their history, uh, went into idolatry, they've rebelled against God, they've gone into uh, captivities and and <clears throat> and all yet yet God still bears with them because God has a plan for them. God has a plan for His earthly people Israel and a plan for His heavenly people the Church, the Bride of Christ. Here we're dealing primarily with how that Israelites can get into uh, the Church, the the Bride of Christ, become part of the Church, and yet maintain uh, their their Jewish origin. And so his heart's desire is that they be saved, you know, uh, that they be saved as a nation and then individuals within the nation. And then he goes on to say in verse 2, uh, I, well, let me just read something to you that, uh, that is in uh, uh, Stephen uh, Kreloff's book on God's plan for Israel. I thought it was, was really appropriate. And here's what he says. He says, perhaps the most noted theological tension in the Bible is the apparent conflict between divine sovereignty and human responsibility. The Bible teaches that salvation is totally of God and man is incapable of coming to Christ on his own initiative. Yet, the Bible also calls men to believe in Christ and says that they will be held responsible if they do not believe. We are naturally inclined to try to resolve the tension between sovereignty of God and, and free will of man or human responsibility. But the Bible doesn't. The Bible just doesn't give us the clear answers. The tension, this tension, stands as a testimony to the Bible's divine origin. And I say amen to that. 
you know, just the fact that God presents both sides and yet doesn't give us uh, all the whys uh, of, of doing so uh, proves that this is a divine book. This is a supernatural book, the Bible is. Then he goes on to say, first Paul emphasized the sovereignty of God in choosing a handful of Jewish people, that's the remnant, to be saved. He did that and talked about that in chapter 9. But he says the purpose of Romans chapter 10 is to prove that the nation of Israel is responsible for her unbelief. So chapter 9 deals with the remnant that will be saved because of their belief, and chapter 10 deals with uh, Israel in unbelief and uh, deals with the responsibility that Israel has, and actually all human beings have, to respond to the Word of God. So now when we go back to Romans chapter 10, verse 2, he says, he says, praying for them in verse 1, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. Israel, you know, they have the law, they try to keep the law, they, they you know, even today you have um, a lot of Jews, you, you have three branches of Judaism, they all try to, to uh, love God and, and serve God and please God. But Paul says, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. He's saying they're very zealous for God, but they don't know what they're doing. They, they don't know the truth. It's not according to knowledge. You know, zeal without knowledge is dangerous. You know, a lot of people, uh, we know we have terrorists today uh, in the Middle East and even in America. Uh, they have a great zeal for, you know, what they're doing, but it's not according to knowledge, uh, not the Word of God. You know, the Bible says, Thy word is truth. It's not one of the books of truth. It is the book of truth. And these terrorists do not, you know, they've got a great zeal in um, trying to serve Allah and, um, you know, and, and, and the prophet, uh, but they don't... Um, they don't have it according to knowledge. And the, the Jews don't either. Uh, now, verse 3 really brings it out. He says, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. What? Ignorant of God's righteousness? Well, it looks like they would know about God's righteousness, but they don't. Why? And going about to establish their own righteousness. That right there is the crux of the problem with Israel and a lot of People who are Gentiles have that same problem. They think they can work their way into heaven or be righteous on their own, and you can't. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. And here's what Paul says about them. He says they have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. The Jews don't understand that. A lot of Gentiles don't understand. There's only one righteous, and that's God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says there is, speaking of humanity, there is none righteous, no, not one. We are unrighteous, spiritually bankrupt. We cannot offer God any of our righteousness. The only way we can become righteous is to admit our unrighteousness and accept Christ as our Savior. Then God gives us His righteousness. That's what the Bible teaches. Listen to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, chapter uh, chapter four uh, and ver or chapter five rather in verse twenty one, for he God hath made him Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When we accept Christ, we get God's righteousness. God gets our unrighteousness; we get His righteousness. Now that's a pretty good deal. 
Then he's, let's go back to Romans 10, 4. He says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Now, what does that mean? It means Christ, and by the way, Christ is the one that gave the law in the first place, but when Christ come, uh, that was the end of the law for righteousness. The, the law was, was uh, nullified. And now then, we are saved by the grace of God. Well, actually, that's the way they were. The remnant were saved too by faith and because of the grace of God. But Israel, as a whole, thought they could, you know, work their own way to heaven by living righteously and keeping the law. But Paul says, no, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So now, faith supersedes works. Belief, which is faith, from the heart, supersedes trying to keep the law. Then he goes into verse 5, speaking of Moses. Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law. Now watch this. That the man which doeth those things, keeps the law, shall live by them. In other words, if you claim to keep the law, you've got to keep every one of them. The book of James says if you offend in one part, you're guilty of breaking the whole law. But, he says in verse uh, 6, but the righteousness which is of faith, the righteousness which is of faith, speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart who shall ascend to heaven, that is, bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is, bring Christ up again from the dead, but what saith it? First 6, 7, and 8 all go together. The word is nigh, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. This is just Paul's way of saying to these Jews, look, quit trying to keep the law for righteousness. Put your faith in Christ who is the end of the law for righteousness. It's what we're preaching. It's what you need to believe. And then he says uh, this great verse in, in verse 9. Uh, which I think is uh, particularly to the unsaved Jews, but it's also to we Gentiles as well. You want to be saved? You want to go to heaven? Uh, here's what he says. That if thou, and I think he's referring specifically to the Jews, but to all human beings in general, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. See, that was the problem with the Jews. They couldn't believe that Jesus raised from the dead. And they still don't today, many of them. The majority of them don't. The, the small portion or the remnant that do are saved. They're going to heaven. But if you want to be saved, you've got to believe that God raised Jesus of Nazareth from the dead. That he was three days, three nights in the, uh, the Bible says, um, in, uh, in the grave and then uh, arose the word of faith which we preach. And then he says in verse 10, For with the heart man believeth, not with the head, but with the heart, with the inner being. That's what it means when it talks about the heart, with the spirit and soul of man. For with the heart man believeth into righteousness. In other words, you get righteousness by believing. And with the mouth confession is made into salvation. If you got it in the heart, it'll be testified from the mouth. All right? You'll confess it from the mouth. Verse 11, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. 
You know, that's why Paul said in, in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God into salvation. You know, when you believe on the Lord, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Then, in verse 12, he gets back to show that, you know, we're all guilty, both Jews and Gentiles, guilty of sin, all of sin that comes short of the glory of God, but now all can be saved. Verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, or the Jew and the Gentile, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Now that makes it very plain that God will save Jew or Gentile, why? Because God so loves the world, and not only that, but all that call upon him uh, will be saved. For the same Lord is uh, overall is rich unto all that call upon him. Have you called upon him? Well, look at verse 13. And boy, it can't be any more simple than this. For whosoever, Ron Reynolds, put your name in there. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not might be saved, or could be saved, or hopefully will be saved later. No, shall be saved. If you call upon the Lord, and you say, like the, uh, like the publican did, God be merciful to me, a sinner. The Bible says he went down to his house justified. See, it's what the heart man believeth. And then it says, but how can this happen? <clears throat> how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? You know, that, that makes sense. How are you going to... Why would you even call on somebody that you don't believe in? But it says, How then shall they call on him, on the Lord, in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Which is simply saying this. We that have believed have the responsibility to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the preachers. Everybody, every, every believer is a preacher. You know, we think of preachers, well, not just certain people. No, uh, we're all to preach the gospel to every creature. Men, women, boys and girls that are saved, we, we're all preachers in that sense. We are all herald. We are to herald, tell forth the word of God. That's what the word means to preach. And then he says, how shall they preach except they be sent? In other words, they got to have somebody that gives them the authority. Well, Christ gave us that authority. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, the good news of peace, and bring glad tidings of good things. And that's what we're to do as believers. We're to do that uh, in regards to the unsaved Jews and the unsaved Gentiles. Then verse 16 says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. You know, uh, you preach the gospel, then it's left up to the person to be responsible to receive it or reject it. And he says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah, or Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. Okay, he's talking there about Isaiah 53, verse 1. Then here's a great verse, verse 17. So then, all right, he's summing it up. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you want to get faith? Well, you've got to hear the word of God first. That's our responsibility to take the word of God to all the nations, Jews and Gentiles alike. But I say, have they not heard? <laughs> you know, this is interesting because Paul is saying here, uh, and specifically he's referring to Israel. 
He says, uh, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went out unto all the earth, their words into the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them who are no people, and by a foolish nation will I anger you. He's talking about Gentiles there. God, the Gentiles that believe God, is going to make the Jews jealous. Because, because they have put faith in God, and God's received them, but the Jews will be provoked to jealousy. We'll deal with that in chapter 11, verse 20. But Isaiah, or Isaiah is very bold, and saith, I have found of them that sought me not. Speaking of the Gentiles. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Now the church, the body of Christ here on earth, is is uh, uh, ma the majority uh, of people in, that's made up the, make up the body of Christ are Gentiles. Uh, the church is is majority of Gentiles. There are born again Jewish people. Thank God for them. And and uh, uh, and Paul is saying, I'd, I'd like to get them in the body of Christ too. But to Israel, verse 21, he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands to a disobedient and gainsaying people. Whew, you know, that's pretty tough words. Um, God is saying here uh, um, that uh, that's Isaiah 65, verse 2. God said, I've reached out, I've reached out, I've reached out, I've reached out. And he's still reaching out, by the way. God said, all day long have I stretched forth my hands to a disobedient and gainsaying, or more or less a mockery, sane people. Um, it's, not, it's not God's fault. God has, you know, sent them the Old Testament prophets. He sent them the New Testament prophets, the apostles, you know, and yet because there's, there's, they're so self-righteous, going about to establish their own righteousness, they miss the truth that Jesus is our righteousness, the Lord our righteousness, and when we put our faith and trust in Him, God gives us His righteousness, which makes us uh, citizens of heaven. Well, that's uh, the end of chapter 10, as we've looked at uh, Israel's past. We have looked at their present, and in chapter 11, we'll look at their future. So I hope you'll study with me in Romans chapter 11. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.